We need to value people of all races, of all the ethnicities, of all genders, people with different sexuality. We all are valuable people and we're more the same than different. Welcome to Running is Cheaper Than Therapy podcast. I am your host, Dr. Weta L. Brown. I inspire and promote movement. I explain how running adds to life from a mental wholeness aspect. How obstacles can be overcome in life to make it to your finish line. Welcome to Running is Cheaper Than Therapy, Episode 70. This is the last episode of the season. I want to thank everyone who has supported me and listened, left a review, shared an episode. Appreciate all the support. Also, thanks to all of my guests who have shared their stories with me and my listeners. It means the world to me. So this last episode, I want to talk about diversity and inclusion. Yes, diversity and inclusion. Diversity and inclusion has been on the forefront, particularly in the last two years following the death of George Floyd. Diversity and inclusion is due to me. I am a black female and I'm a human and I'm a Christian. And I think that there is a gift and there's something special for most humans. And I think that while we're different, we're more the same than different. And it breaks my heart and it makes me mad that people use race or sex or any other thing to discriminate against people. I professionally am in a very non-diverse profession, orthopedic surgery. It is typically a male, a white male profession. I also recreationally am involved in sports that aren't very diverse. Running, which I think running is more diverse than it has been in the past, but it always hasn't been. Think about the first woman who ran the Boston Marathon, Catherine Switzer, and how she was almost removed by a race official, but she persisted and finished. The sport of triathlons, which is a white male sport, African-Americans or, or Black Americans make up 0.5% of the sport. And of those three sports that make up triathlons, running, swimming, biking, Swimming is not very diverse at all. Another thing I love to do, which is skiing, it's not very diverse at all. Thanks to the National Brotherhood of Skiers, if it weren't for them, I would have never been introduced to the sport, a sport which I love. And not only the sport, but I love the community of people and all the sports. I want to talk about another aspect of diversity and inclusion. People with disabilities, they're often overlooked. I thought about this topic 
when I was on crutches before I had surgery in 2020. I was on crutches for four weeks and um, I just had surgeries. I'm going to be on crutches for six weeks while I'm temporarily disabled. There's a lot of things that I don't do or a lot of things I put off and say, I'll just take care of one of my crutches. But people with permanent disabilities don't have that option. So a lot of things that you think about when you have a disability that other people wouldn't or wouldn't or don't have to consider. So I had surgery on my left knee, which is great, so I can drive. I have a handicap sticker, but a lot of places don't have parking. So if they don't have regular parking, you know, they're not going to have handicap parking. A lot of places may have handicap places, but they're not the closest spots to the building, although they're supposed to be. Also, they're supposed to have a, a percentage of the total number of parking spaces. And something that really pisses me off. So I went to the store yesterday and they had three handicap spots, the one closest to the front. Someone parked who didn't have a decal and didn't appear to have any disabilities. That upsets me. It also happened a couple weeks ago. I went to the post office. I had to mail some stuff off to my accountant. They had two handicap spots. One of them was occupied by a um, postal vehicle. The other one, person just wanted to run in the post office and park there. So I just waited for her to return and get the spot closest to the door. So if you don't have a disability, don't take up a handicap spot. Although you may want to run in and run that back out. The person who needs it may come. So please don't be that person. Also, there's a lot of places who, while they have a handicap spot, that there is an obstacle to get to the door. So it's just too narrow for a wheelchair to go through or too narrow for crutches because crutches make you a little bit lighter. A lot of places don't have ramps. Stairs are difficult to navigate with crutches. More so the crutches I have, which are forearm crutches. So I have problems with my wrists and the pressure walking will aggravate them. So I got some forearm crutches, which require a little bit more balance. So the American Disability Act from 1990 made it a law to provide access schools, transportation, public places, although actually some places are exempt, such as churches, depending on the state. But this act was passed and has specific requirements for access with people with disabilities and not just um, physical disabilities. Other disabilities are included as well. I remember when I was a physical therapy student, we had an assignment of assessing the bathrooms to see if they were up to code. And we found a lot of places weren't. They have to have um, rails, things of a certain height. If people are in wheelchairs, they're able to reach sinks, to reach door handles. If there's an emergency, they should be able to reach the AED or any other emergency um, items. Fire, they should be able to reach fire hydrant or any other things that are needed in an emergency and should be handicap accessible. 
three, we will continue the new segment called Ask the Dub. If you have any questions related to musculoskeletal injuries or musculoskeletal health, go to my website, www.weouilife.com. Click on the tab, Voicemail. Leave your voicemail and select messages will be aired and answered on the segment. Now, back to the show. Minorities, whether you're personal color, female, person with disability, everybody just wants to be treated equal and have fair treatment. It's like going to a race. It's not fair if you're doing a mile and someone gets to start and run a lap before you. And oftentimes, that's the case. And people just want a fair shake when they're asking for a handout. People with disabilities they just want to be as independent as they can with whatever disability that they have. And as I am temporarily disabled, I think about it in terms of we often see ads, say on your phone, Facebook, television, promoting a particular brand, and they're racially insensitive. And the first thing I think is they don't have any person of color on their marketing team or in management that did not pick up on the fact that this is offensive. So I think in order to make places accessible, people with disabilities need to be at the table because an able-bodied person doesn't really know what a person with disabilities need. Just because you make a couple of handicapped places you are far away from the door and you have to walk a half a mile, I'm exaggerating, to get to a place where that is safe and where you can walk with your crutches or you can maneuver your wheelchair to get to the front. Or there's not enough room or the ramp is too narrow. Or you have stairs but have no rail. And say, um, I went to a funeral last week. I didn't drive because I didn't know the parking situation. And the discovery was my old church. I knew parking was bad. They did have a couple of handicapped parking places, but they weren't close to the front. And there was no ramp. They did have a rail. And I'm able to maneuver upstairs. Okay. Not great. Uh, <laughs> not great. Especially with the crutches because they require a little, the form crutches. They require a little bit more balance. So I was able to maneuver into the church. And there is a place where there's no stairs, but it's not always open. But it was open when the service was over. So that's the way I exited the church. And the repast was at another church, which had a lot of stairs, no rail. There may have been another way to get in there, but I decided that I didn't want to try to figure it out. I didn't have to fight that battle and try to get up those stairs without a rail. That is certain things that you think about the couple of days prior to the funeral I went to. We tried to get together and a lot of those places didn't have parking close to the front either. So I declined not to go. 
the day of the funeral, I was with someone so they could drop me off close to the front. But it's certain things that you think about. You don't want to be a burden to people. And I'm pretty an independent person. I live downtown. So public transportation, for instance. In order to meet the ADA, American Disability Act requirements, there are certain um, trains are handicapped accessible, but not all stops have elevators or to enter the actual station have a way for a person in wheelchair, even with crutches, because there are a lot of stairs to get to the train. So if you're not close to, say, a station that is handicap accessible, do you drive to a station? What if your stop is at a, a place where that's not handicap accessible? Those are things you think about. I remember I wanted to go to a concert when I had crutches before, or actually, <laughs> this is when I had foot surgery, and I was on a, one of those wheel walkers. I didn't know if my wheel walker could get in the train to go out to the concert because it's in a far suburb outside of Chicago. So I just decided not to go. A lot of social events I didn't go to because of my temporary disability. And my disability is temporary. What about people with permanent disability? People who, with arthritis, people who, um, such as a prior podcast guest, Tony Drees. He, while serving our country, was injured by a scud missile, lost his leg. So he's permanent disabled. But he uses every opportunity to inspire. He actually promotes diversity and inclusion by skiing. He skis on one leg. He skis better than me and most people I know. He, next season, um, if you listen to a past podcast, has a goal of doing backflips. He uses his disability to inspire, to promote. I have another um, past podcast guest, Roderick Sewell. He was born with a condition called tibia hemimelia and had to have bilateral amputations as a child. When he was growing up, he connected with the Challenge Athlete Foundation, and they changed his life. He is a Paralympian. He's completed Ironman World Championships, and he inspires athletes and people. And I just want to talk about sports and the adaptive athlete, how sports can change lives. Two of my past guests have changed their lives. And I think that more sports needs to be more inclusive of people with disabilities. And they had the handicap parking where the athletes had to go through this area that had a lot of mud, which was difficult to almost impossible for people with wheelchairs to get across. This. So a lot of people needed assistance to get through this area. And like I was saying before, if people who plan events or people who, when I'm talking about the marketing with disabilities, adaptive athletes need to be a part of the planning process, need to sit at the table, need to help promote sports to other people with disabilities because it could change their lives.
and not only athletes, but as we age and need more help, we need to instill in our loved ones that there's still a value. Just because you may need a, say, shower chair, you may need rolls in your bathroom, you may need a little help in getting dressed. Everything is twice as hard when you have a disability and takes a little bit longer. We need to value people of all races, of all the ethnicities, of all genders, people with different sexuality. We all are valuable people and we're more the same than different. So we need to celebrate what we have in common and try to be inclusive in all things. The world will be a better place. And just as sports gives me, it gives me purpose. It gives me a community. It gives me, it helps my mood. <laughs> Those endorphins. Think about what it could do for other people if we made it more accessible. So I'm just sharing my story and I hope it makes you think twice about people with disabilities, about things that we can do as able-bodied people to make our sports, to make our world a more welcoming place to all people. Thanks for listening. That wraps up this episode of Running is Cheaper Than Therapy podcast. Thank you for tuning in. If you already haven't, please download Running is Cheaper Than Therapy podcast on Apple, Spotify, or however you listen to your favorite podcast. If you have any questions, concerns, or possible show topics, please email Running is Cheaper Than Therapy, OLB, Omaha Love Brown. Again, that's Running is Cheaper Than Therapy, Omaha Love Brown at gmail.com. I also can be reached via Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube. Handle We Life, We Love. OUI Life, OUI Love. Thank you, and please tune in again.